We love to explain quantum physics and the mysteries of the universe, but the mysteries of finance, not so much. Intuit helps you demystify your finances through products from Intuit like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Understanding standard deductions or interest rates can be very complicated and tricky with big potential consequences. Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday listen to Conversation with Unc hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, Daniel, I'm worried about how long I'm going to live. Oh, man, aren't we all these days? <laughs> I know, but I mean, like down to the particle level, like are my Jorge electrons going to be around forever? Well, we actually have good news there. We do think that electrons can live forever. All right, that's cool. What about my protons? Mm, I got some tough news there. Uh-oh. They don't last very long. Currently, we think protons live for only a trillion, trillion, trillion years. <laughs> well, that's good. I guess even my protons are procrastinators. <laughs> they are professional protonic procrastinators. cartoonist and the creator of PhD Comics. Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm a particle physicist, but I might one day decay into something else. Uh-oh, into a lighter Daniel or <laughs> a lower energy state? Unfortunately, I seem to be violating the laws of physics and decaying into a heavier Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> As to all humans, unfortunately. That seems to be the direction. But welcome to our podcast, Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe, a production of iHeartRadio. In which we take the universe and crack it in half and pour all those little explaining into your brain. We take you on a tour of all the amazing, the massive, the enormous, the crazy, and all the tiny, mysterious, weird quantum stuff of the universe and explain it all to you. That's right. So it lives in your head possibly forever. Hopefully you won't forget us. <laughs> we'll always be there in your brain. Because we all know that once you've understood something in physics, you know it forever. I have never forgotten a single thing I've ever learned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? It's hard to unlearn, huh? No, that's exactly the opposite of true. I'm the kind of person that can learn something fairly quickly and then forget it fairly quickly. Mm, I guess, um, hmm, does the information decay in your brain? Or it dissipates or... I think it just gets replaced by all the stuff on Twitter that I scroll through and shoves it back out the other side of my brain. Pushes it out the other ear, I That's guess. That's right. Information, understanding decay. But yeah, we like to talk about science and the cosmos and the universe and everything in between. And including all the things that are out there and all the things that are not yet out there and all the things that will not be out there in the future. That's right, because everything that you wonder about the universe are the same things that scientists wonder about the universe. Where did it come from? How did it get here? How long will it last? And how long will you last? Yeah, so a big question is, how long do uh, particles stay around? Do they live forever? 
or at some point, are they not around? That's right, because particles are these weird fleeting quantum objects and they don't always obey the same rules that you and I obey, that we're familiar with, that make sense to us. And yet we are made out of them. Everything in the universe is made out of particles. So it's essential that we understand how they work and the rules under which they operate because they might very well determine our future, even if you have to wait a trillion, trillion, trillion years to find out. Yeah, because we know that, you know, as humans, we don't, live forever, at least not yet. I don't know. I've never died so far. How about you? <laughs> I think uh, probabilistically speaking, <laughs> you are unlikely to be around for a few hundred years. Yeah, but it's mostly because the arrangement of our particles and our atoms at some point doesn't work and it dissipates and our particles go back into the soil and back into dust. And so I think an interesting question is like, how long do your particles last? That's right. Like are the particles that you're made out of right now, are they going to be there at the end of the universe? That's right. Even if that arrangement that makes you isn't around anymore, with that little bit of your fingernail and that tip of your nose, will it be around inside some star and get fused into a piece of gold someday and get blown out in a supernova and have trillions and trillions more cycles or will it only last a few more years and decay into something totally unrecognizable? Right, because I guess particles come from nothing, right? Like, you know, at some point there weren't any particles and then they suddenly sort of popped down and we know that particles pop into existence all the time in the, in the vacuum. And so, but the question is, once you form a particle, does it stay around forever as a particle or do things happen to it to make it disappear? Yeah, particles certainly were formed in the very early universe. We had this hot, dense state, all this energy stored in the fields. And then as the universe cooled, that energy sort of isolated into these discrete packets that we now call particles. And we like to play this mental game as particle physicists. Say you had just one particle in the universe. What would it do? Would it sit there forever? Or would it eventually spontaneously break into lighter particles? And so that's the game we play with electrons. And we think a single universe filled with just one electron would stay that way forever. But the open question is, is that also true for protons? So to the end of the podcast, we'll be asking the question... Do protons live forever? And if so, how do they plan for their retirement? That's right. Do they have professional <laughs> protonic um, retirement accountant? I hope they've been proactive. In saving, yeah. I hope that their fee is prorated. <laughs> if you live forever, you would have like an infinite number of grandchildren, which I suppose could support you in your old, old age. Oh, there you go. You think they'd still like you after an infinite number of years? <laughs> Great, 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 great grandpa, die already and give us all your stuff. No, you'd have to go great, great for infinity. <laughs> Nobody wants to call you. I ran out of time there, yeah. yeah. All right, so electrons live forever. We know that that's like fact number one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They never. What does that mean? They never decay or they never like spontaneously disappear? No, it's an important distinction. Like an electron, you can destroy it. You throw an electron against a positron, you can turn that energy into something else. You can turn it into a photon, right? That mm. kind of stuff happens. but So you can kill an electron, yes. but they just don't die on their own. <laughs> That's right. And, you know, in some superhero movies, that is the definition of immortal. Like elves or in fantasy novels are often immortal, but can be killed in battle, which always confused oh, me. See. But um, mm. electrons are sort of like elves. They will sit around forever. Like you put an electron in its own universe. It will just sit there forever, you know, learning how to sing ballad, essentially, but never turning into anything mm, else. I see. Or uh, not even spontaneously, like, you know, some particles just, uh, if they're sitting around, they can split into other particles, right? That's right. Almost every particle decays. It's only the ones that are the lightest ones that can't turn into anything else that are sort of stuck. Those are the ones that we call stable. So an electron is a stable particle. A single electron universe will stay a single electron universe basically forever. Like it can't break down into something else spontaneously or it, it probably won't? <laughs> no, if it could, it will eventually. So this is a statement about like, not a statement about probability, mm -hmm. but about possibility. If an electron is really alone in the universe, if there's not, not even any like weird quantum positrons popping out of the vacuum to annihilate mm -hmm. it, it will sit there forever. It has zero chance of decaying into anything else because what could it decay into? There is no particle lighter than the electron that the electron can turn into mm -hmm. that follows all the rules. And we'll dig into all of that. Okay, so electrons are like elves, probably Elrond or Electron. <laughs> hmm, what would be his elf name or her elf name? <laughs> 
Elvin. Elvin name, think- sorry. Elfish. <laughs> Elfish or Elvin? Oh man, I'm way out of my depth here. So we're made out of electrons and also protons. And so the question is, do protons live forever? That's right. And this is one of the deepest open questions in modern physics. Does a proton sitting in the universe by itself eventually turn into something else? Or will it last forever? So that's an awesome question. And so as usual, Daniel went out there and asked people on the internet if they thought protons lived forever. So as usual, before you hear these answers, think about it for a second. Do you think protons live forever? Here's what people had to say. I don't really understand what living forever means for protons. But I do understand that they are converted into different forms, say in a beta plus decay where the proton gets converted into a neutron and a positron is released. I believe protons, if kind of like left alone just by themselves, they probably could live till the end of the eternity, till the end of the universe, unless uh, some external um, effects can either destroy them or change them, like maybe, uh, you know, fusion or fission, protons can change from one to another but they are still protons. I do not believe they live forever. I know electrons live forever because you guys covered that in a previous podcast, but I believe protons can be broken down. Um, Obviously, you guys do it at CERN by smashing them and uh, creating new particles. Intuitively, I would say that um, we know that like a proton is made up of um, two up quarks and one down quarks, I think. So that I would think that a proton may not live forever in a form of a proton. I have no idea about this. I would say that they probably do not live forever because it doesn't make sense that they would not decay at some point. I would have to assume that protons don't live forever because before the Big Bang, we think the universe was a big, hot, dense ball of energy. And so I would have to guess that the universe could return to such a state. I guess that decaying all the time. And if their next holiday destination is Geneva, then they really have a short time left. I don't think so. All right. I feel like there's a lot of confidence here in these answers. (laughs) People are like, no. And some people are like, yes. And some people are like, depends on what you mean living forever. Yeah, right. Exactly. We got some legalistic (laughs) answers also. But it's fair because it's a bit of a vague question. Like, it's possible, obviously, to destroy a proton. We do it every 25 nanoseconds at the Large Hadron Collider by smashing them together. Mm. But really, the deep physics question is, if you leave a proton alone, will it decay into something else? Uh, Can you turn it into something else? Oh, I see. And that has deep implications for our understanding of the very beginning of the universe, why our universe is made out of matter, and also for like our understanding of the fundamental theory of everything, how it all links together. It turns out proton decay is really the linchpin for a lot of big questions. Wow. That's a lot of stuff to hang on one simple question. (laughs) It's amazing. And it turns out proton decay is really, really frustrating for particle Mm. theorists. All right. So it seems like we can kill protons. But the question is, do they spontaneously die at some point or break down? Or if you have a proton, does it sit around forever? So maybe, Daniel, let's step through it uh, one thing at a time. First of all, let's talk about particles dying in the first place. Or I guess you use the term decaying. (laughs) That's right. We prefer the term decay or you have transformed into something else, something lighter and more ephemeral. We don't like to talk about them dying. We call it passing, not dying. (laughs) You're graduating to the next phase of your particle existence. You're leveling up. But yes, in general, particles do like to decay. And that's just a function of time moving forward and entropy. You know, the same way that you can't have a bunch of gas particles in the corner of a box and have them stay there, they like to spread out because energy likes to diffuse that increases entropy and disorder in the universe. You can't have that much energy isolated in a quantum field so that a particle is in a really heavy state. They like to decay down to the lowest state. They like to spread that energy out. They give off a photon or they eject another particle. They turn into multiple particles and they just essentially step down the ladder as far as they can. Right. And again, we're not talking about like particles disassembling, you know, like if if I build a Lego in my house, you know, with my kids, it's not going to last very long. (laughs) It's going to eventually get dissembled. 
we're talking really about like quantum transformation, like a particle literally like transforms into other things. Yeah, like let's take an example of the muon. The muon is a heavy version of the electron and the muon turns into an electron and then a couple of neutrinos to satisfy some conservation laws. Mm -hmm. But the muon doesn't last very long at all. It lasts for microseconds and it just turns into the electron. And as you said, it's not like the muon is just the electron with a couple of neutrinos bound together and then it breaks apart and those little internal pieces fly out. This really is like alchemy, like the muon is an excited state of the muon field and then it transforms into an excited state of the electron field and two neutrino fields. Mm -hmm. And so that's our current understanding of how this muon decay happens. You have isolated heavy particle turns into three lighter particles. Right. You're right. It's not a rearrangement. Right. And it just, it does it spontaneously. Like it's just sitting there. A muon is just sitting there and then suddenly pop. It just turns into an electron and two neutrinos. Yeah. It's one of the real quantum randomnesses in our universe. Like it has a probability at any moment to decay when an individual muon actually decays is determined by some random quantum toss of the dice. If you have like a thousand muons in a bottle, then half of them will decay after a certain time, then another half after another certain time, etc. on average. Mm. But each individual one is determined by a random toss of the dice. It's just like radioactive decay of a nucleus, which is exactly the same kind of process. I see. It's not that it's delicate and like, you know, you're stacking blocks and then suddenly you wind passes by or you push a little bit and it topples over. It's literally like, you know, in its fabric of its existence to just spontaneously turn into something else. Yeah, the picture I have in my head is that it's like, you know, flipping a coin or rolling a die every microsecond. And if it gets the right answer, boom, it decays. And if it doesn't, it sticks around as a new one for a while. Mm. Um, and so it's just like keeps rolling that die or picking a random number until it gets the right one. And then it decides, all right, now it's time for me to become an electron and a couple of neutrinos. Right. But uh, you were telling me that it needs to have like a, a path for it to decay. Like it has to have, you know, kind of a a solution for its decay. Yeah, you can't just turn into anything, right? A muon can't just like say, hey, I'm going to become a photon. Cool, that sounds like fun. You, the universe has rules and these rules determine what particles can decay into other particles. But the important thing to understand about these rules is that mostly we have no idea where they come from. They're just like our description. It's like, you watch a bunch of particles, you see what happens, you try to notice patterns and you codify those patterns into rules. That doesn't mean you know why that rule exists. So when we say like, you know, charge is conserved, doesn't mean we know why it's conserved. It just means that we've never seen this rule broken. So we think it's a fundamental rule mm. of the universe. And so that's one of them, right? Why can't a muon just turn into a photon? Well, a muon has electric charge and a photon doesn't. So to do that would break that rule of conserving electric charge. Right. It has to be a, a decay that makes sense to the universe. Okay, it's not like a total magic, like an elf can just turn into a dwarf. That's right. You have to like fill out a big application and submit it to the universe's lawyers. And they have to check all the boxes and they say, all right, approved. It's more like getting a bank loan than magically transforming. Mm. All right. And if there's nothing for you to decay into, like in according to the laws of the universe, then you can't decay. You're like stuck. That's right. And that's the situation with the electron. There's nothing lighter than the electron. Like the muon can decay into electron because the muon is heavier than the electron. It can go down. But to go up is not spontaneous decay. The electron can't decay up into the muon. There's nothing for it to go down to. It's the lightest thing on its ladder. Now, there are other lower mass particles like a photon, for example. But again, an electron can't get to be a photon because that would violate the conservation of electric charge. Mm, okay. So then there are rules. And if there's no step down for you to go down to, then you're stuck. That's right. And, you know, there's another particle that's very similar to the proton. It's the neutron. And the neutron is almost the same as a proton. It's a slightly different arrangement of quarks. Like the proton is made out of these smaller particles called quarks. And the, the proton is two ups and a down. The neutron is two downs and an up. Now, the neutron is slightly heavier than the proton, a tiny bit more mass. So the neutron can turn into a proton. No problem. And it also shoots off an electron to conserve electric charge. So that happens. And if you have like a neutron sitting around, then on average, after about 900 seconds, it will turn into a proton. But because the proton is lighter than the neutron, there's nowhere for the proton to go. 
because there's this weird rule we've observed that says you have to keep constant the number of quark triplets, like the number of particles made out of three quarks cannot change. All right. And, and there's kind of a rule that says that when you decay down into something, you need like a force to help you do it. That's right. All of these decays happen through some force. Right. Like when the muon decays into the electron, it uses the weak force. What does that mean? Like like the weak force has to be involved or you actually need to like inject some weak force into it? It means that the weak force is involved. What actually happens when it decays is that the muon turns into a muon neutrino and a W boson. And that W boson then turns into an electron and a second neutrino. So it, it like mediates the decay. It's like every time you feel a force the wall is pushing back on you, for example, really that's happening by the exchange of energy from photons. Mm. And so all interactions, every time particles talk to each other, it happens through one of the forces. Okay, so then when you decay, you need this force to kind of like pass the energy around between the resulting bits. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, another example is a particle called the pion. Pion is two quarks, a quark and an antiquark. And this thing can turn into two photons. And that happens via electromagnetism. Mm. Essentially, the quark and the antiquark can decide to annihilate each other and turn into these two photons. Wow. And so that there's something for it to turn into, doesn't break any of the rules, and there's a force to make it happen. All right. So we know that particles uh, can decay if there's something, you know, less energetic that they can decay into. And if you follow the rules of the universe. So now the question is, do protons decay? So mostly uh, you and I are made out of protons and electrons and neutrons. And so the question is, do protons decay? So let's get into that. But first, let's take a quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, Diner, we're talking about whether protons live forever. And I feel like that's like an 80s song or something. <laughs> Do protons live forever? That's a, sounds like a heavy metal, you know, hair band. Sounds like a love ballad. Band. The protons of my <laughs> yeah. love will be here to the end of the universe. <laughs> that's probably in Bill, the next Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a rock band in your garage with other physicists? No. Definitely not. And if I did, I would not admit it here on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I see. You, you do it under an alias, another particle name. That's right, exactly. The rock and electrons. All right, so we're all made out of electrons, protons, and neutrons. And so the question is, do protons decay? Because we know electrons cannot decay spontaneously into That's something right. else. Uh, but do protons decay? 
And so the protons are different than electrons because protons are made out of other particles. That's right. Protons are made out of quarks. And so you take a proton, you look inside it, deep inside it, and you find three particles. You find two up quarks and a down quark. And that means that like it's made out of these three particles. It's just an arrangement of those particles, right? But we have this rule in the universe that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. And this rule says that there's a fixed number of these quark triplets. We call this a baryon. It's just three quarks together. And you can make three quarks together in lots of different arrangements. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, every time you have an interaction, mm -hmm. the number of baryons doesn't change. What do you mean? Like interactions with quarks always happens in threes? No, but if you do have a, a triplet of quarks involved, then you'll have the same number of triplets when you're done. So for example, a neutron decays to a proton. You started with one triplet, the neutron, which is an up, down, down. Mm -hmm. And you ended up with one triplet, the proton up, up, down. Mm -hmm. Like you can't go from one baryon to zero baryons or from 10 baryons to eight baryons. You have to have the same number of baryons when you start and when you finish, which is not something we understand at mm. all. So it's not related to threes. Like if I start with two, I have to end up with two as well. No, there's no conservation on quark pairs. Quark triplets have this special property. If you have a quark triplet, you have to end up with a quark triplet. Mm. And so, for example, when we smash protons together at the Large Hadron Collider, two protons come in, we destroy those two protons, we always make at least two baryons that mm. come out. I see. Okay, so then neutrons, which we're also made out of, those don't live forever, you're saying. Like a neutron, if you just leave it alone in the universe, it's going to not be a neutron for long. That's right. It only lasts about 880 seconds on its own. Now, the neutrons in your body are much more stable because the environment in your body keeps them sort of stuck together. Mm -hmm. But if you had a neutron by itself in the universe, after about 880 seconds, it would turn into a proton and an electron. And you notice that keeps the number of baryons, the number of quark triplets constant because the neutron is one and the proton is one. Oh, I see. So, all right, so a neutron by itself can decay, but it turns into a proton, basically. It turns into a proton plus an electron to carry off the other half of the electric charge to follow that one rule. And so what happens there for the neutron? Like the quarks inside just kind of flip and then it becomes something else? Yeah, one of the down quarks becomes an up quark and it gives off a W boson, which is where you get the electron and actually a little neutrino, which is how neutrinos were discovered. Mm. But these arrangements of quarks, like one arrangement of quarks, an up down, down, that gives you a neutron. A different set of quarks, up, up, down, that gives you a proton. The proton is the lowest mass arrangement of quarks. Like there's no way to make an arrangement of quarks that has a lower mass than the proton. So it's sort of like lightest thing on the ladder of baryons. But for quark triplets. Yes, for quark triplets. Because you, you can make something out of two quarks. You can make something out of two quarks, like a pion, it has lower mass. But the quark triplet ladder, for some reason, it's on its own. It's like a special thing in the universe. Mm. And if you're on that ladder, you have to stay on that ladder. And the proton is the bottom rung of that ladder. There's no lighter arrangement of three quarks than the proton. So that's why the proton seems to be stuck unless you can somehow jump off this ladder. Oh, I see. It's like once you have three quarks, you're sort of stuck having three quarks. Exactly. You can do something, make a different arrangement of three quarks. You can move up or down the ladder by injecting energy or waiting for it to decay. But you have to have something on the ladder once you have something on the ladder. Mm, but couldn't I like, you know, split up that triplet? Can't three quarks that make up a proton just like you know, when they decide to go their separate ways, then you destroy the proton, basically? You can do that if you create a larger system, right? So you like involve it in some other bonds and some other configurations, mm -hmm. then you can destroy a proton, for example. But a proton on its own will never decay. We think it might be stable. We've never seen a proton jump off the ladder. And every interaction we've ever seen keeps the same number of these baryons. I see. But I mean, like, can quarks exist on their own? You can't ex have quarks on their own. They have such a strong interaction with other quarks. Mm -hmm. And the strength of that interaction gets stronger and stronger as quarks get further and further apart, mm -hmm. which creates so much energy around them that they create particles out of the vacuum to make these pairs and triplets. So you never see quarks by themselves. They're always in these pairs or triplets or maybe in weird, exotic, larger combinations, tetraquarks and hexaquarks. Mm -hmm. But there's a special relationship that the universe has with these triplets of quarks that we don't understand. We've never seen a proton decay. And so we think there might be some special rule that protects these quark triplets. Mm. On the other hand, we have very good reason to think that protons might decay. I see. Oh. Or that they should. Oh. 
So it's not for certain. It's definitely not for certain, no. It's something we don't understand. It's a core mystery at the heart of physics. All right, so you've never seen a proton spontaneously decay. And what does that mean? Like, have we actually, like, put a proton under a microscope and left it there for a couple of hours or days or years? Uh, Yeah, actually. We put, like, 10 to the 34 protons under a microscope, and we waited a few years to see if any of them decayed. What do you mean? Like, you actually put them in a little container and, and left them there? A really big container. Right. One way to do this, one way to ask, like, does a proton decay and can we measure it is to take a single proton and wait. Mm. But if you think that a proton might take like a trillion, trillion, trillion years to decay, then your experiment's going to take a trillion, trillion, trillion years. Mm. Instead, what you can do is say, well, I'm going to take a trillion, trillion, trillion protons, which is not that hard to make because every piece of matter has a lot of protons and see if any of them decay. Because if none of them decay within a year or two years, then I can make a statistical argument about how long they live. Oh, I see. So that's what you have in the in the Large Hadron Collider. Not in the Large Hadron Collider. That's not where we study proton decay. But in big underground experiments like Super Kamiokanda and the upcoming Dune experiment are perfect for looking for proton decay. Oh, I see. All right. So you don't think that they can decay, but you think they might. What makes you think they might decay? Well, the universe sort of doesn't make sense if protons can't decay. Like if protons could decay, the whole universe would make a lot more sense, which makes us want them to decay, even though we've never seen them. And the reason is that, well, you know, we have more baryons in the universe than antibaryons. Well, we talked about earlier how you have to have the same number of baryons in the universe. Mm -hmm. That's the opposite for antibaryons. Like you can actually create a baryon and antibaryon together because it keeps the number of baryons the same because antibaryons count for minus one. Right. And again, a baryon is a triplet of quark. That's right. Yeah. And so we think that the universe started off with no particles, as you said, and then particles were Mm -hmm. made, which must have made the same number of baryons and antibaryons. Mm -hmm. But somehow we ended up with a lot more protons than antiprotons. Like we think there are almost no antibaryons out there. So... There must be something out there which lets us either create baryons on their own or destroy antibaryons preferentially. There's something out there to explain why we have so much more matter than antimatter. Something allows us to make these baryons. Right. But isn't it just sort of like electrons do? Like, you know, you can create and destroy electrons. What makes us think that then electrons can't decay, but protons might be able to? So you're right. The same argument goes for electrons that we think you know, why do we have more electrons in the universe than positrons, right? This is whole question of antimatter. But there are other reasons that we think that protons might decay. And that comes from like looking at the patterns of the forces. We have the electromagnetism, which is a force. Mm-hmm. We have the weak force. We have the strong force. And we have gravity. Mm-hmm. And people like to try to put these together. They say, well, it's weird to have like four different forces or five different forces. Can we fit these together into a larger pattern that like, has just one overarching, you know, ring to rule them all sort of force. Mm -hmm. And every time the theorists do this, every time they put those pieces together, it always ends up predicting a new little force that we haven't seen very much anymore that hasn't been around since the beginning of the universe that can decay protons, that turns protons into a pion and a positron. Wait, what? So when you try to, you know, kind of squish all the forces together, like you think theoretically, like if I try to come up with a, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a super mega force mm-hmm. that includes all the other forces, you're saying I have to come up with a, a new fifth force? Yeah, well, it's sort of like it's a part of this mega force that doesn't happen very much anymore. So put all these forces together into one mega force. Mm-hmm. And that mega force, because it was around in the early universe before the universe cooled and the forces broke into these different forces that we know today, it would have treated all the particles equally, like quarks and electrons and all those stuff. And so this force should be able to turn quarks into leptons, for example, and back and forth. And currently our forces can't do that. Like none of the forces that we have today are capable of turning quarks into leptons. They aren't capable of doing that. But this leftover force, there might be a particle which exists in the universe, but requires so much energy to create that we hardly ever see it, which means it's very unlikely for it to do anything. Mm. But it might very occasionally, every trillion, trillion, trillion years, be responsible for the decay of a proton. I see. Maybe protons have this secret weakness that there's this hidden 
force that hasn't been around since the beginning of time. Yeah, and maybe that's the key, right? Because every time they put one of these theories together, it always predicts that protons will decay. It's just like a natural consequence of making this mega force. It has this symmetry where it treats the quarks and the leptons in the same way. It always predicts this new X particle. The X particle would take like the two up quarks inside the proton and turn them into like a positron and a down quark. And that gives you a proton turning into a pion and a positron. And so it's just inescapable. And every time the theorists make one of these theories, they're like, darn it, my theory predicts proton decay. It's very frustrating for them that I can't escape this prediction. Mm, I see. All right. Well, let's get into how we might be looking experimentally for evidence that the proton decays and when we can expect an answer. But first, let's take another quick break. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time off to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life to immerse myself in natural beauty and have a unique experience. But you don't have to leave the United States to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. People from Puerto Rico are called Boricuas, but it's not just a name. It's a spirit, a flavor, a rhythm that you can only find in one place on Earth. Puerto Rico. It's embodied by these proud, passionate people, and you'll feel it in every part of the island. When you bask in the warmth of the beaches, when you taste the love in the food, when you embrace the call of adventure, you'll find the Boricua spirit in yourself as well. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. You can forget where you came from and embrace where you are in Puerto Rico. Because your visit ends, but the stories last forever. No passport is required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free Free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. All right, Daniel, do protons and love live forever <laughs> is the question. But I guess we're only tackling the proton part here today. Yeah, don't come to a particle physicist for questions about love. <laughs> Unless it's about love of particles. <laughs> All right, so um, there are reasons to think maybe the proton does decay. One is that, you know, it might explain antimatter. And the other one is that the theory sort of point to maybe a possible kind of new force which would allow protons to decay. Is that kind of the idea? Yeah. And remember, this is all theoretical. This is like we look at the way the universe is arranged and we think it would make more sense if we added this one other piece. But that piece would mean that protons should decay. Mm -hmm. So then we go and we look for it. We say, well, maybe they do. Maybe we just haven't noticed. Maybe it takes a long, long time. And so we just need to be really patient. Okay. so the idea is that theoretically, we don't think that the proton can decay, but... If it does, it kind of means the existence of a new force. Is that kind of the significance of this decay? Yeah. So we have to invent this rule, this number of baryons is fixed rule, which we don't really like because it doesn't really make any sense. And it violates our understanding of matter and antimatter asymmetry. And it keeps us from having this new mega force, etc. So we'd love to get rid of that and replace it with this new force and allow protons to decay. But... For that to be true, we have to actually see one decaying. We have to prove that they can because nobody's ever seen one. So if you see one decay, then it's like you have to break the laws of physics. kind of. Yes. If you see one decay, that's a guaranteed Nobel Prize because you get to rewrite the laws of physics in a way that makes much more sense to everybody. That like fits together with some real symmetry and beauty. 
And so everybody's sort of hoping that protons will decay. I mean, not your protons, not my protons, but some protons somewhere <laughs> we hope will eventually decay. Did they already print that Nobel Prize? Like, Nobel Prize for the uh, <laughs> decay of the proton. It's just sitting on the shelf waiting for people to claim it. You know, it's one of those experiments out there that if you make it work, if you see this thing, it's basically a guaranteed Nobel Prize. Wow. Uh, there are a few things like that, you know, find the Higgs boson, see gravitational waves, find a magnetic monopole. These things that people have been looking for forever, they think should exist, but nobody's ever seen one. If you found it, it would really, you know, fill in a missing box in our understanding of the universe. So yeah, uh, go look for one. Expose the proton, get a prize. <laughs> That's right. This is particle physicist's 10 most wanted list. All right. So then there are a couple of experiments out there that are actually trying to win this Nobel Prize. They're trying to see if protons decay. And so what's involved here, Daniel? Are they just put a bunch in a box and then stare at them or... Or do you shake it? Do you shake the box? What do you have to do? <laughs> you try not to shake the box. And in fact, you know, you can play a sort of simple calculation with any blob of protons like you. You know, you, for example, have like 10 to the 28 protons, something like a trillion quadrillion protons in your body. So you know already that protons live for more than, you know, 100 years because people don't tend to die of proton decay. Right. You know, like people just like suddenly disintegrate like Thanos snapping his thumbs. Right. But right? also, I mean, you said that the protons in my body are kind of bound together with other protons and neutrons and that helps them live longer. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's the only kind of proton we can really study. Like we can't take pure individual free protons and study them on their own. All we can do is study protons that exist in matter, which are in bound states. And so that's a big asterisk on all of the results that we're going to talk about today, that none of them actually involve studying free protons. Okay, so then step me through, what are these experiments and, and what are they doing? Well, the most powerful result right now, the one that tells us the most about proton decay, comes from this experiment in Japan. It's Super Kameokanda. And they basically have a 13-story stack of water. And it's just a huge container filled with water and it's surrounded by cameras, essentially. And it's totally dark and it's underground. And this is an experiment that's mostly designed to look for neutrinos mm. coming from the sun or coming from deep space or from supernovas. But it's also good for looking for proton decay because if a proton decays in this tank, they think they will see it. Oh, I see. So, but it's filled with water. I guess water has uh, hydrogen, oxygen, and those all have protons in them. They have something like 10 to the 32 protons basically sitting in a tank. And so if none of them decay in a year, then you know that the half-life of the proton is more than 10 to the 32 years. Oh, I see. But these are not isolated protons. They're in these bound states within the atoms. Doesn't that protect them? It does protect them potentially. And so, as we were saying earlier, like this is a big asterisk in all of these results. We would love to have 10 to the 32 free protons in a container that we could study, and then we could directly understand this question. But we don't. All the protons we have are in bound states. We don't have ionized hydrogen gas in large enough containers that we build cameras around. And so we just have to sort of like make the measurement on bound protons and assume that it also works for free protons. But it's a big assumption, mm. but it's also all we can do currently. Mm. All right. So staring at water, that's one experiment. <laughs> you make particle physics sound so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, look for um, variations in the laws of physics and <laughs> in, in violations of uh, symmetry of matter and antimatter. Otherwise known as staring at water. If it happened, it would be kind of dramatic because you would have this special signature because you would get a pion on one side, which turns into two photons. You get these two little splashes in your camera. And on the other side, you would get a positron, which makes a little splash. So they've simulated exactly what this would look like in their cameras. And it's very weird and unusual and different from anything they've ever seen before. And so they've been running this thing for years and years and years, and they've never seen a single one. And so that means that they can pretty confidently say that the lifetime of the proton is more than 10 to the 34 years, which is a huge number because remember the universe, the entire universe is only 13 billion years old. So like this is many orders of magnitude longer than the history of the universe so far. Wow. But again, these are in bound states. Or do you calibrate for that as well? These are in bound states. No, we can't really calibrate for that. We don't really know how to extrapolate from bound state protons 
to unbound protons to free protons. We just sort of like assume it's going to be something mm. similar. Okay, so then that's one experiment. The super cameo... Super cameo conda. Cameo conda. All right. Sounds like a superhero or something. <laughs> it's an awesome experiment in Japan. And then we're building one here in the United States that we talked about on a recent episode called Dune, Deep Underground Neutrino Experiment. And these neutrino experiments, essentially for free, you get a proton decay experiment because the same thing that can be used to look for neutrinos, in Dune's case from a neutrino beam or from the sun or from supernovas, can also look for decays of protons. Mm, and this is kind of a similar idea too, right? Like, like you have a big vat of stuff and you wait for it to change. Yeah, exactly. And in the case of Dune, it's not water, it's liquid argon. They're pioneering a new technology. They take this noble gas argon and they cool it down until it's a liquid. But it has the same property that it's very quiet. So mostly if you have a huge several ton container of liquid argon underground and you put cameras on it, it'll stay dark. But if you see an interaction like a neutrino or, or a proton decaying, you should be able to spot that. Because it's like taking a picture of a single tiny flash of light in a very dark room. Mm. Sensitive camera can pick that up. Cool. And so far they haven't seen it. But again, the, this one is also, you're looking at argon. So you're looking at protons in a bound state in, inside of the nucleus of the argon atom. That's right. But hey, that's all we can do. Dune hasn't turned on yet. They're still building it. It's going to be turning on in a few years. But because it's a much larger volume, they have many more tons, it will provide even more stringent limits on the lifetime of the proton, or maybe they'll get lucky. Maybe they'll see one decay. But I guess why can't you just like isolate a proton and look at it? Is that hard? I mean, you guys do it at the Large Hadron Collider. Yeah, you can isolate a proton and you can look at it, but a single proton will not tell you much about the lifetime of the proton unless you wait a very, very long time. So you either need a lot of protons or a lot of time. And a lot of protons are very hard to keep isolated. I mean, you could have a gas of protons. We do that at the Hydron Collider. But you know, we have mm -hmm. like 10 to the 12 protons, 10 to the 13 protons. You need to keep these things isolated. You need to watch them. And then you need to instrument it, right? You need to be watching for them to decay. And so that's much easier to do when you have a neutral substance, something which is quiet, which doesn't otherwise make lots of flashes of light. Oh, I see. It's like you can isolate a whole bunch of protons, but then you actually have to notice if like one of them decays. Yeah, because a bunch of protons together is called the plasma. And a plasma is not a quiet thing to instrument, right? That's like where we try to do fusion and stuff like that. So it's a pretty tricky experiment to do for actual free protons which is why we only ever do it for protons in a bound state. But you're right, that doesn't actually tell us about free protons. All right, so there are people looking for this decay of the proton then. There's people staring at water and argon, waiting for one of these protons to suddenly die. <laughs> That's right, staring at water, waiting for a Nobel Prize to pop out. <laughs> out of a little tiny proton. <laughs> hey, if I told you stare at this tank, a Nobel Prize might appear. You know, you might devote a couple of years to that. Yeah. It's shorter than a PhD. Sure. A couple of trillion years. Why not? <laughs> or you might not see anything. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's usually the case in particle physics. You're looking for something crazy. You're hoping you might see something spectacular, but you see nothing. But the good news is that most of our experiments are still interesting, even if you don't see anything, because you can still say something. You can say, we didn't see the proton decay. Therefore, we know it doesn't decay on average in less than 10 to the 34, 10 to the 35 years. So you still get to say something interesting about physics. Oh, I see. All right. So it, it sounds like you're pretty confident then that we can say that the proton does not decay or won't die or will live for at least 10 to the 34 years, yes. which is pretty much uh, forever, right? It's almost forever. I mean, it's a lot longer than our universe has been around so far. But it's also still a real problem for theoretical physicists when they try to construct their grand unified theories, their theories of everything, when they want to understand what happened at the very beginning of the universe, they have to do it in a way that keeps the proton from decaying. And that's theoretically very tricky. It's like, you know, they have to pass through the eye of a needle to keep the proton from decaying in their theory. And so everybody would be very happy to see a proton decay. Oh, I see. Because it would make the equations easier to solve? It would mean that all the theories which predict proton decay might actually be correct. And those equations are beautiful and they make a lot of sense and they answer a lot of other questions about like matter and antimatter and the forces being unified. 
But those equations can't be right if the proton doesn't decay. If the proton doesn't decay, those equations are just wrong, even though they're beautiful and they're wow. simple and they're attractive. So then we need to find some other way to solve those problems. And theoretically, that's just much harder without proton decay. Wow. So it's not just a whole bunch of physicists looking, staring at water. You're staring at water waiting for the proton to die. <laughs> <That's right>. Hoping, <laughs> hoping, you're hoping for the proton to die here. That's right. That's the big twist. You thought we would be rooting for the proton to live forever, but instead we are anti-protonites. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, just die already. We're cheering on its demise. <laughs> I want to retire and win my Nobel Prize. That's right. Somebody in a very future universe will finally see a proton decay in a trillion, trillion, trillion years. I hope they're still giving out Nobel Prizes then. I hope our protons are still around. (laughs) All right. Well, we hope you enjoyed that and got a little bit of a sense of how long things live in the universe. Apparently some things do, some things don't. And it's amazing the cosmic importance of one little proton. A single proton in a vat of water in Japan decaying could crack open the answer to these deep mysteries about the beginning of our universe, the balance between matter and anti matter, how everything fits together. It's incredibly important and it just really highlights the connection between particle physics and cosmology and astrophysics. And really, particle physics is basically the whole universe. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) He's saying, give us more money. We're studying everything. (laughs) That's right. That's what everything I say translates to effectively. All right. Well, I hope that gave you some stuff to think about. The protons in your body and the electrons might live forever. But particle physicists are hoping they don't. See you next time. Thanks for listening, and remember that Daniel and Jorge Explain the Universe is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island, it becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual.